the only thing worse than a root canal is looking for a job on the internet. Hello everybody, this is Anthony Moore with Career Daily. I am here to put the human back in human resources. Let me be your competitive advantage on the job market. It is dog eat dog out there. Our research companies, new industries, I'll dig around, I'll figure out who some of the hiring leaders are, and I'll post all this information on our exclusive Facebook networking group. You'll also hear amazing interviews from professionals that I'm interviewing all across the country. Some are inspiring. Some are very informative. Some duds. I'll leave the duds out. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to Career Daily. This is such a unique topic that I wanted to break it out all by itself. It's not going to be a long episode, but with everyone going back to work, people have been laid off, people have been furloughed. It's going to happen should you take less money. You're going to be given an offer that's less than what you wanted. So let's talk about how to decide or how to build some safeguards and some safety nets involved so you can make the right decision. And this really, frankly, comes down to evaluation and negotiation. If you're going to take less money, you have to have completely evaluated to the best of your ability, the company, the opportunity, what kind of a fit is it for you? And then it's going to come down to how you negotiate that final offer. So let's get into the evaluation. If you're going to take less money in an industry that you know, in a skill that is right in your wheelhouse, chances are you're, you're going to excel. You're going to have a chance to make it up. But if you're taking less money in an industry you don't know, in a job that you don't have a lot of experience in, you might struggle to start with. In other words, you're not going to stand out as a stellar performer, perhaps, right away. That could be a little more risky. But if, if you're being hired for something that you really excel at, and you really know the industry, and you think you can compete, then odds are taking a little bit less money is not going to hurt you. Now, the trick is in the negotiating. So you've already decided that you want to work for the company. Maybe it's close to home, maybe it's not. You've already weighed all the pros and cons of that. The offer comes in 10% less, maybe 20% less. And you kind of understand why, right? The company has been struggling. They want to get back on their feet. They're ready to go. So how do you negotiate? Well, the first thing you do is you say very clearly that you're interested in the company, but you had a higher number in mind. You were thinking about 10 or 20% more and see what they say. That's basically called a counter and it's either yes or no, or maybe, you know, if they budge a little bit, great, but if they don't budge and you still want to work there, then you say, all right, I'd like to accept this offer because this has everything that I'm looking for with the exception of, you know, my first comment. So what I'd like to propose is that in six months, you give me a raise and a review or a review and raise. Evaluate me after six months. In other words, companies typically have a 12-month cycle 
when they evaluate you. And this will give you an opportunity to get back at the negotiating table in six months. Again, they may not go for it. So if they don't go for a six-month review and raise situation where you've had a chance to really dominate and they see what an incredible value you are and maybe the business has really bounced back and then now they can go and start you know, getting people back where they should be. If they don't agree to the six months, then definitely confirm that after 12 months, you're going to have a full review. And at the review time, will there be an opportunity for raise? And what are the typical percentage increases at that time? See, that's key because if you just relax and say, okay, there's going to be a, you know, a review and a raise in 12 months, but then you come to find out that only 50% of the people get a raise and the people who do get a raise is only 2%. Okay, well, you were 10, 20% under what you thought you were valued at. So getting them to be honest and share some more information about what some of those percentages are, that gives you an opportunity to say, well, I wouldn't be asking this except I'm understanding of the situation the company's in due to the coronavirus and the slowdown, and now you're anticipating work coming back. I'm glad, I'm super grateful for the opportunity to have the job, but you know, at some point I need to get right-sided and I know the company needs to get right-sided too. Is there any chance that after 12 months, when we go through that review and raise, that I can be evaluated and potentially raised at a number greater than the average, given the, given these extraordinary circumstances? Again, if you do it in a way that's professional, this can be done. Let's say all these things fail. They don't agree to a six-month, and at the 12-month period, they say, well, it's an HR policy. We're pretty much locked in to about a 3% based on company performance. If the company's not doing well, there'll be no raise. So you kinda, you're looking at potentially having to go two years maybe without a raise. What you have to do at that point is try to find every additional benefit that you can at the beginning. You can ask for a sign-on bonus. And to take away the risk for them, you could say, if I leave in six months, then I'll pay it back. You really don't want to go out further than six months, but you could. You could extend it out for 12 months. If it's a, if it's a nice sign-on bonus, you could extend it out for 12. The other thing you can do is focus on – you're not going to be able to change benefits. Benefits are standard boilerplate. You're not going to be able to change any of that. You might be able to get into the 401k program right away. That'd be a nice benefit. But I'm focusing more on little benefits like can you get that cell phone allowance? Can you get that gym allowance? Can you negotiate on vacation? That's the big one. That's the big one. I would recommend shoot for one or two more weeks of vacation depending on your years of experience. That has a real cash value. And again, by just trying to put all those things on the table, it shows that you're, you know, you're alert, you're awake, and you're you're trying to make things right. And I think they'll understand because you obviously are perhaps having to come in below market. And listen, I know it can be a little scary 
to have to do this, particularly if you're introverted and you're not extroverted, you don't want to do this. But the best time to do it is when you start or as you're in that onboarding process, when they want you to sign that final offer letter, they're anxious. They want to get you signed up too. And as long as you do it professionally, still act humbly and showing gratitude that you know, you're really on board. And you can say things like, all right, well, I kind of have to put on my negotiating hat right now because obviously it's we're at that point. So I'm looking forward to wrapping up, you know, the salary discussion so we can get right to work, you know, and then we've got a lot of great projects to work on. You can try to, you know, soften it that way, but stick to the two or three things that you really want to try to get. Try to work those different angles. You don't have to just automatically accept what you get. And you know, I'd love to hear what you think about it. You know, go to the Facebook group, the uh, Career Daily Podcast on Facebook. Request to join. I'd love to have you come to the group. Love to hear your opinions, your thoughts. Let's get them out there. Let's see if we can get some dialogue going. And if you're not already a subscriber to the podcast, do subscribe. Give us a rating and a comment. Well, that's it for Career Daily. Talk to you soon.